All right, go ahead and say that again. Go, we'll, we'll go from there. Burt Lancaster plays a homosexual monster in Birdman from Alcatraz. Birdman of Alcatraz. Which boom, technically boom. is not accurate at all. It should be nope. Birdman of... Um, Lenin. Of, Lenin. Um, what was it? What was the prison? Oh, shit. Lenin something. No, it was... Um, Oh my God! What the fuck? I just blanked out. Me on the too. Whole thing. Me too. Oh Christ! That's that makes you sound smart. Is it Leavenworth? Leavenworth. Yeah, it was. Leavenworth. Should have been called. Okay. Uh, yeah, should have been called Birdman Leavenworth, but that Birdman Alcatraz is a better title. It is, but in Alcatraz is the fancier, more well-known prison. I get it, but yeah, he, he has really no birds in. Inside. They didn't allow him to have any kind of birds. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Welcome to LIW John Frankenheimer Review, episode 6, Burtman of Alcatraz from 1962. I'm Phoenix West. So what did you think of this movie? Have you seen it before? No, actually, I've never seen it before. I always wanted to. I'm glad I finally got to see it. It's a good movie. It's long. It's long. I mean, it's fucking long. It is fucking long. It's a, it's I was a, shocked. It's a two or three parter. You gotta you gotta break it up in yeah. chunks. Yeah. I watched it this morning. I got up like 6 o'clock in the morning and just watched it. I couldn't find it on HBO Max or any of the streaming services. So I watched it on the... Uh, illegally. Uh, allegedly. Um, and it was a good transfer. It looked good. Um, yeah, yeah. I Burt Lancaster is great. It's a great performance. Uh, Carl Malden is great. Telly Savalas is great. It's a good movie. It's worth watching. I'm glad I finally saw it. And again, Frankenheimer... This was he was the first choice. He was replacing another director yep. on this movie, he, so Frankenheimer gets the scraps and manages to do something with it. So picture this: uh, we, we last time we were here talking about Frankenheimer, we we talked about um, his greatest movie, Island of Doctor Moreau. Yes, and he says, "Remember we read that quote about him? You you read that quote of like I took over this, I took over directing halfway through a movie three other times, and it worked out well so far." This is one of them. The Train is another one with Burt Lancaster as well. Yes. Another really good movie. Um, and then I forget what the third one is. I don't know. But yeah, this is one of them. So and yeah, someone by the name of, what is his name? Charles Creighton quit and they scrapped everything he filmed. So they reshot everything. So he came in at the last minute and shot this thing. It, it's you could tell he was kind of rushed because it doesn't have his usual camera setups. Yeah, it, it doesn't have his usual look to it that he was doing at this time. But I think he did a really good job. No, he did. It, it, it it's just it's a long movie. So for him taking over, that had to be a lot of days to shoot. So I can I can assume he's probably just saying like, "Well, fuck, I get through this 144 page script. I can't think about it too much. This is shoot." Put the camera here and shoot the scene. Let's do a master is to get all in one take. You know, it's not a lot of cutting going on. No, it's long sequences. No, which is the way to do it if you if you can. No, promise. Like can your crew and actor do that? Yeah, and if they can. Well, there's a great. Good. There's a great scene where at the end, it's toward the end of the movie, where he's talking to his wife on the phone on the on the prison phone. And it's only one shot. They don't cut between the two like they do. But they stay on him from the back over the shoulder with the wife in the mirror. In the you window. just watch her break and, and down. You just watch her, and he goes like, "Just go away. Don't don't live here. Don't come here. Yeah. Leave me alone." And she leaves, and he's on the phone. And he just hangs it down slowly, and you just see the back of his head for like a good twenty seconds. Yeah, it stays on there, and it just it's great. It works great. You don't need to see his expression. I feel like you can't do a movie like this nowadays. This is why I like sixties movies. Yeah. They did something. A, it was kind of, I mean, even then it was, when I say relatively new media movies, they're around for a while, obviously, but it was fairly standard how they were done. Yeah. You get certain people that came along and were like, I'm going to do it like this. I don't care if that's not how it's done. I just want to do it this way. Which is why I like Frankenheimer. He did some weird shit with the cameras. He would just throw it on the ground or throw it way up in the air on the corner of the room. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm putting a wide angle on this and we're doing it. And like, why? He's like, because I want to. So I like that sort of stuff. It, this yeah. one, though, is shot fairly standard. There's not a whole lot of intricate camera movements. You just It's just no. really just sitting here. It's like handheld, you know, kind of. Uh, I love that one shot <clears throat> of the mess hall where he kills the guard yeah. in the beginning. That was actually a really cool shot because it was a big, big mess hall. Like, there's like 100. There's got to be 200 extras oh, yeah. on those tables, and it's just a massive 
shot. It's a big epic shot. It's the from o- up above coming down. It's really cool. It's the only shot in the entire movie that, that has more than three people per frame. Yeah, it's, so, it shows the scope of the prison, yeah. and that's it. It's the one time you see it. And then it's like a two-minute scene at most. Well, you know why? Because he's in solitary confinement for the rest of his life. Yeah. So we're in solitary confinement the rest of the movie. Yeah. Which makes sense. Maybe that was Frankenheimer's idea. I'm sure it was. Makes sense. Um, Comparing, I mean, we can go through the story, but it's really quick to go through it. Not a lot. Well, it's not true, so that's yeah, the other thing. That, that's going to be more of what we talk about. Let's yes. just go through the story real quick. A couple setups. Basically, yeah. he's in Leavenworth. He's, I don't know, why is he there? He killed a man... Because for of, messing with a woman. Yeah. But in real life, he was a pimp in Alaska, and he beat the shit out of a guy that didn't pay his whore, yeah. and he went to prison for murdering a man who didn't pay the whore. Yeah. So, yeah, he not a good man. He killed multiple people in prison, and that's why he stayed in prison. He killed at least four. Yes. Um, yeah. One of them a guard. We'll get to who, we'll get to reality versus the movie in after this, but... Yeah. He's in Leavenworth. He meets Carl Malden, who's the prison warden. He does not get along with him. Carl Malden's just like, "Why are you at, like? Why are you such a dick?" Pretty much, and he's just like, "Burt Lancaster is a dick in this movie." They they yeah. don't paint him as a sympathetic figure until way later. But in the beginning, the beginning, he is such a dick. Yeah, and he, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't. He he's not even polite to anybody. And then he uh, his mom. He's like clearly sensitive about his mom. He got in a fight in the beginning because some guy mentioned his mom because his cellmate touched a picture of his mom. And the guy's like, hey, he's my friend. Can can you just forget this beef? The guy's literally trying to make peace for someone else. And he's like, fuck you, old man. <laughs> Beating the shit out of him. He hits him with the, with <laughs> the, the laundry, laundry basket, laundry basket. And fucks up his face. Yeah. It's all cut up and bloody. He pulls out a knife and he's just like, ah, laundry basket again. pocket laundry basket yeah they get broken up but then later on in the movie after a few more scenes his mom is coming to visit she can't come on saturday because it's the sabbath so she's gonna come back next friday and he's like but can we need to get her today and he's like begging the guard and then what does he say to the oh he touched the guard he's like come on and he grabs the guard and he's like i gotta report that like i gotta report it he's like talking to him in the mess hall and uh, he's like, can you not do that? Because they're not going to let me have visitors for a couple months. Yeah, and yeah, she, yeah. she flew, she, you know, she came from fucking Alaska out here to Kansas. Can we please let her in? Please just wait, even just wait to report this. Like, And he's like, no, I can't do that. So then he stabs his motherfucker. Well, he goes, this is the rules. I can't, I can't yeah. disagree with the rules. You just about rules. That's all you want, rules. <laughs> stabs him in the fucking heart. Yep. And then... Carl Malden said, I can't believe you killed that guard. He said, the other thing I'm sorry about is the widow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. But I guess in reality, he killed the guard because he wasn't allowed to see his brother. Yeah, brother. Same, that was a true same story. Thing. Which, it's fine. It works for the movie. because the and, But the true story, the mother did lose interest in her son when he got pussy, when he when he married that woman uh, who was a bird bird. Watcher, weird. fucking bird people are weird, <laughs> fucking weirdos, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. The letter writing campaign by a bunch of fucking bird watchers. So he trying gets, to get this fucking psychopath out of prison. He gets another trial for this because he killed a prison guard in prison. <laughs> he gets sentenced to death there on his appeal. Yes. Uh, so he appeals life in prison, and then he gets death. So <clears throat> maybe don't do that next time. And then uh, his mom... Stop killing people! His mom goes and visits uh, Woodrow Wilson's wife, whatever the wife, fuck her name is. who was actually the president at that point, because I think he was a vegetable he, at that point. Yeah, he was He was done. Yeah. That's why she... And she goes, why should my husband see him? And he's like, because he's white. That might as well be what she said. Yeah, because Wilson was a fucking bigot. <laughs> awful, She awful might as well have being. said, he's white, yeah. you have to take care awful, of him. Awful, awful man, awful president. One of the worst. Ever. I hate Wilson. He destroyed everything. Like he's the reason we have the race problems we have today. Is because of that asshole. He's just the worst. He's a piece of shit. Hate him forever. And then you get Hoover. But you can blame the they, homeless problem on Hoover. Well, that wasn't his fault. <laughs> <laughs> but 
They were Hoovervilles. I'll give, I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll give Hoover a break. It wasn't his fault. It's Van Buren. Van Ruin did that. Martin Van Ruin. Poor Hoover just got the, the fucking he got the, the leftovers. The and it wasn't his fault. It's just like the Hoovervilles. It's yeah. like, he didn't do it. That was Martin Van Buren, asshole, but whatever. Don't call me an asshole. <laughs> How dare you, son? <laughs> You're really defensive of presidents that are that died <laughs> hundred years before dead you. For seventy years, <laughs> yeah, seventy, whatever. Oh God! All right, um, yeah, he gets that, and then his mom gets him out of out of death row, but he's going to serve the rest of his career because of the wording. And his thing was, "You will serve solitary confinement until you get put to death." Since his death sentence commuted, it's still written that way. So therefore, he's constantly, forever going to be in solitary confinement. It's like Terry Gilliam's Brazil. <laughs> like, yeah, but you know what? what? Fuck, that's better than any. I would love if that was like what happened to me. You're in solitary confinement. Would that be better? Oh, it's it, like, I, what would you rather be? Because I would, I, I'd rather be lonely and missing human contact than fearful all the fucking time for my life. Yeah. Rape, murder, looking at the wrong guy at the wrong time. Yeah, no thank you. I'd rather be on by myself with my birds. Like, I think if I went to prison for a two and a half year sentence, I would kill someone and just go the rest of my life because I don't want to be in population gen pop for two and a half years. Like, I'm not doing that, man. It's worth it to just ride this fucking thing out in, in my cell by myself. You'll be like the shock caller. <laughs> You'll be like that movie on Netflix uh, or Amazon. The guy from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, yeah. He goes to prison and he becomes part of the white supremacist. It's a good movie. He, he, all, he went to prison because he had a drunk driving accident and his buddy dies. So he's vehicular manslaughter. But he's in the population, so he has to be in a gang to protect himself because he'll just not make yeah. it. And he's in there for like a year or two years, something like that, his sentence. And um, he kills the guy in a riot. And then they add on 10 years or whatever. So he's like deep in the society. He's deep in the in the ranks of the white supremacist group. But he's like friends with like the Mexican guys who are there. Cause they kind of help him out too. Cause he saved one of their lives in one of the riots. So. <laughs> you did the same thing. Frank does. <laughs> I can't look at myself full screen. It's all. Ah! 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 <laughs> we need a blender prop. I know. I got one in the, in the in the patio, but I use it for watering my plant. Use a blender for watering your plant. I don't. I don't use it anymore. <laughs> I, just, I should get a new one. Huh? I don't want to tempt myself making milkshakes because I'll just drink milkshakes all the time. <laughs> I put the plant in there and ate. Ah, oh, fuck! <laughs> I ate the plant. I, it was I, a steak. Plant. I milked my plant and I ate the plant. Oh, oh fuck. fuck! I'm so, so dumb. So uh, he, he's in his, uh, solitary confinement for like 30 years at, at Leavenworth. And yeah. Telly Savas is his neighbor. Yeah. And Telly Savas is really good in this movie. Yeah, he's awesome. And this is his only only nom- Oscar-nominated performance for supporting actor. The only time he got nominated ever. And then he went on to become a character actor in a bunch of different great movies. And he had his own show for a long time. And Dirty Dozen and Twilight yeah. Zone and... He's a great rapist and dirty. He's in one of the Bond movies. Which one is he in? Oh, he's in the. uh, He is the um, Moonraker, uh, Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) He's Blofeld. Yeah, he he's in there with uh, George Lazenby. Yep, George Lazenby. And which uh, actually, I've never seen that one. I like it, except for the Christopher Nolan's favorite Bond movie. I like it, except for the extended bobsledding sequence that goes on for forty minutes. It's like two and a half hours. It's the first yeah. Bond movie that cracks the two-hour oh, mark. Wow. It's fucking yeah, long. Rough. That's wrong, yeah. But it's like in the Swiss Alps or something like that. But it's not... I like it. It's because... Part of it is because I, I hate the Roger Moore movies. I hate yeah. those movies. They're fucking terrible. They're not good. Oh, fucking awful. But They're speaking, real dated. Spe- speaking of James Bond, John Frankenheimer was approached by uh, Albert... How do you say his last Bro- name? Broccoli? Broccoli? Broccoli. Broccoli. Or, Broccoli. He was approached by him to be James Bond for Dr. No. Frankenheimer was. To direct it? No, to be the actor, to be James Bond. John Frankenheimer? Yeah, he was an actor first. Really? Yeah, so he was approached by him to be James Bond. That would have been weird. 
That would have been very weird. I wouldn't have gotten a lot of my favorite movies. So what I'm, an alternate I'm, reality that would be. I'm very glad that didn't happen because, A, he's not British. How <laughs> the fuck would that make sense? Neither is Sean Connery. No, but he's from the islands. He's not from New York like Frankenheimer is. Hey there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to uh, shoot you now, Blofeld. He's not Charles Bronson. Hey, Dr. No, back <laughs> off. Got a Queen's accent. Just you're stealing. <laughs> you're just you're touching the car. Yeah, we're stealing the fucking car. It's my car. <laughs> yeah. Classic. No, no dice. No dice. That would have been weird. Maybe it was the, when they were doing the Casino Royale for the TV show when it was a TV movie. Oh, the one that uh. Because that was the American version. They Woody did Allen. No, it was another one that was on TV. Oh, the like uh, the climax the episode. Climax episode. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was Casino Royale. Yeah, it was Casino Royale, and it was a teenager that played James Bond in 1954. Well, he was like he was like a um, crooner. Well, like I told well, was you, like Bobby Darren guy. Yeah, like I told you, it was uh, the first thing I ever did for LIW was uh, on the website was the James Bond reviews. I, I did written reviews, and oh, I went in order. So I started with 1954 as a climax Casino Royale, and I'm like, this is like a teenage boy just playing James yeah. Bond. That's funny. It wasn't horrible. It was way better than the, the Woody Allen comedy one. Well, yeah, that one was a mess. That the only thing good happened was the so, music. Like, seven, like, Peter Sellers is playing James Bond at some point. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Orson Welles is James Bond. Like, seven people play James Bond. I could not yeah. keep track of what the hell's going on. Well, because there's a code name. That's why everybody uses it. That's but you need, to be, you need to be stoned out of your fucking mind to enjoy that movie. Well, I guess Peter Sellers was stoned for most of that movie. That's why he's an asshole. He didn't want to do anything for. He just. That's why they shoot around Peter Sellers, and I think they actually hired David Niven at the like last minute, and he was professional about it, so they were able to finish the movie with him. I remember yeah. being in middle school and very excited to watch. Uh, it was I forget what channel it was on, maybe HBO, but it was a miniseries. It was only two episodes, but they called it a miniseries. It called it Life and Death of Peter Sellers. Oh yeah, it's a good movie. And I was very excited to watch that, and I kept talking to all these people at school and be like, "You know what?" And they're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, uh, "I am who? so alone here." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "How do you not know who Peter Sellers is?" That happens when you live in middle America like that. Are you yeah. kidding me? Like you're not. Yeah. Northern California, same thing. It's like, oh, I love Peter's. Do Do you know? Um, uh, do you know uh, Stanley Kubrick? Yeah. What? But imagine me like. Trying to convince people to talk about Frankenheimer movies, you know, two years later when I started watching them, yeah. and people are like, "What the fuck are you talking?" My friends are just like, "I don't know what you're even talking about, man." The Manchu Canada, Canada, and then what? I meet film friends like you guys, and you don't want, know much about Frankenheimer still, no. and I'm like, "Who do I have to talk to?" <laughs> well, I, I, watch I, I can't get specific yeah. enough to get an audience on this. So. That's a real niche kind of group to get into is the Frankenheimer heads. Well, hey, now I'm talking, now I'm starting my own show about it. So yeah, here we it are. works. Cause I like them. I, I've seen all so far. I've liked everything I've seen. So, well, I, I wonder I, I like if Frankenheimer. it makes me wonder if Adam would have hated this episode. Part of the reason Maybe. he hated the last episode we did or two episodes ago was Andersonville, which I fucking love that. I love it's that. Good. It was good. It was very good. Yeah. I think that's better than this. Oh, I don't think about, I, I don't know about that, but. I think it's more entertaining than this. I think this is a better movie. I should yeah, say it like I that. Say, maybe that, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. I'd rather watch Andersonville again than this, but I think this is better. It's kind of yeah. like how I'd rather watch Airheads than The Godfather, if you gave me a chance to watch one movie. Well, it's shorter. <laughs> yeah. But it's also Shit. like, oh, this is fun. But Godfather is like a fucking meal. You get to sit there well, and like. this is like Andersonville and this is about the same <clears throat> length. Well, Andersonville's over three hours. Or at three hours. Yeah, it's so. about almost three, but this is so is this. Yeah, this is two this and a half. This is two hours and 28 minutes to the last second. But I think Adam would have liked this because it doesn't have the misery that Andersonville has. You're not watching your characters deteriorate before your eyes because they're in a horrible shit prison. Yeah. You're not watching his soul be crushed. In fact, you're watching the opposite. He's overcoming yeah. it by learning his own shit. And it's almost like this big, like, to this prisoner for doing all this in there and everyone's like he's a genius and like yeah. he might have been but he's also a fucking psychopath well he was a genius he is a genius he yeah. was a genius but he also was a fucking murderous psychopath well at some point so, the yeah. psychopath part outweighs how genius you are yeah obviously when, you're, when you don't care 
how you're going to get your anal sex, you're a monster. Obligatory, obligatory uh, Hitler reference here. Yeah, he is bad. He's a bad, bad man. Yeah. So he was a sicko. He was a sick puppy. This guy. Yeah. They called him during the research. They called him in the prison system a wolf, which means he's a predatory homosexual. So he is Boggs from Shawshank Redemption. Hard to get. I like that. I get when they say, like, I don't think if you're having sex with men in prison, you're homosexual. I don't think you are. Personally. If, well, like Oz, Oz, sex is sex. It's like, it's, I don't, I'm not gay. I gotta yeah. come. I gotta come yeah. in someone. Yeah. No, I get it. Y- you know what I mean? You're not... Oh, God, do I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So many wasted years. I get it now. It's oh, wonderful. But, I'm, you know, obviously, you know what I'm saying, where it's not... Yeah. If he was gay before he went in prison, yeah. But, well, even Sopranos did that joke. Yeah. Where he, he goes, well, she went to prison. He goes, hey, you got no choice. There's no girls in there. That's a, you get a pass when you're in prison. You get a pass. Well, they say like when you have prisons that have conjugal visits, there's way less violence in there. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Yeah, I I really think like, but the problem is the perception that people on the outside see. And I'm like, like, I don't give a well, shit if they rape each other. And I'm like, I kind of do. Well, here's the thing. I think with 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 this guy, I'm sure that was going on, and they sort of probably looked the other way. But this guy. Wasn't the kind of guy where it was like, oh, it's just a consensual sex act. No, this guy would beat the shit out of you and fuck you. Like he, yeah, he was boss. He was a rapist. He's a he's a bad bad man. We all need friends and, in here. Uh, I could be a friend to you. Get you yet? Anybody <laughs> get you yet? <laughs> Two oh, things. He was, he was on a. He was just on Babylon Five. He played a psychopath. He was great. Every once in a while, I'll be watching something. I'm like, it's Boggs. He shows up. He's great. He's always good. Mark Ralston's a great character. He's great. He's always good. (laughs) That guy's a pro. He's He's fantastic in everything he's done. That pinko bitch. You got a lot of great character writers in that movie. That's um, that's that's William Sadler. No, that's William Sadler. I'm I'm going. Yeah, I'm going through the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy that plays uh, what's the other guy's name? The third, the third friend with them. What? Oh, uh, Robert Patrick. No, not the not. third friend in Die Hard Two, or no, no. The, sorry, um, the, the oh, 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 in, in Shawshank. Yeah, the other guy, the one that goes, you. D- <laughs> What's he say? Yeah. Um, oh, uh, do, uh, that's Christo, you dumb shit. Yeah, that one, that, that guy. Yeah, what? I can't f- remember his name, but yeah, he's in a lot. What of is his character name? Oh my god. Oh, it's, I don't know. It's escaping me. Yeah, I, I, I know it. It's just right now I can't think of it. Um, but yeah, obviously this has a, a very clear t- connection to Shawshank. They're both prison movies. They're both one of the best prison movies. But hope. Another prison movie that's interesting and very different from these two is... Uh, what is that movie called? Um, sorry, I just blanked on the fucking... Bronson. Yeah, Bronson is, is different. Yeah, Bronson's... So, Not really a prison movie, though, because he, he's out of prison for a good chunk of the movie. No, but a lot of it is in prison. And him a lot doing of it a, is in prison. Him yeah. doing these, like, 15-minute monologues of the camera with paint on his yeah. face. The best part of that, is that, of that movie is where he's out of prison, and he goes, well, he gets to my, I'll give you fucking magic in there. You pissed on a gypsy. And the guy's yeah. like, That's the best part of the movie. So you got that. You got Romper Stomper. You got... Uh, What's that Steve Buscemi movie he directed? The Animal... It's not Animal Farm, but it's Animal something. Oh, I don't know. He directed a oh, movie. The one, it's, it's a, it's a um, Holocaust Edward. movie, isn't it? Or a war, yeah. prisoner war camp movie? Well, it's got Edward Furlong in it. No, it's about a, it's a regular prison. Was um, it? I don't remember. I don't know. I just um, know Tress Lounge. There's a, there's a lot of good prison movies. Uh, Green Mile, obviously. But yeah, Green Mile. I think this is this is probably my second or third favorite one. I think Green Mile's better than this. No, personally, but well, Green Mile's more is a more modern, like it's more of a science, it's more of a fantasy horror movie than than yeah, the drama, straight up drama. But yeah, all right, um, we're all over the place. Um, what happens chronologically? Well, he, he just he, he goes we? to prison. He start he finds a bird and yeah. he, he nurses it back to health in Leavenworth. I did. And he's Let's pause there because I yeah. I do like how simple they treat this introduction yeah. of the bird. It's not like 
you should raise birds. Yeah. Some care, you know, some random prisoner. It's just like, what's this? Oh, well, that's what happened. It's basically what happened in real life. That that's yeah. what happened. But I that's like that they. You don't hear like the music swelling. It's just like a, yeah. a, a, a really quiet because it's solitaire scene of him grabbing a bird and being like, "All right, what the fuck's wrong with you, buddy?" Like, hey, uh, and he tries and he gives us some water and a little bit of food. Yeah. And he, it's you watch it progress from there, and then suddenly he's like obsessed with this thing. He's like, "You're gonna live, go," and it won't go. It comes right back to him, and he has that bird for a while. And he realizes he needs to like wait till it can fly, because right now it can't. And he just raises that bird. I like how simple it was. It wasn't. I think if he gave this to nine out of ten directors, they would. This is going to be our scene of have the music swell and him staring at the bird and being like, "I can do this with my life now. I found reason." And Frankenheimer just goes. He looks at a bird, and he heals it. That's it. It almost doesn't matter. Except to the character. Yeah. I don't know if that made any sense what I just said. <laughs> no, it worked. No, yeah, it works. It's very simple and it's, it's to the point. It's just like you don't need that moment of swelling. He just he's in solitary confinement. You see it's raining, it's pouring rain. Yeah. He gets the bird, he takes it in, and it won't fly. It's it's he's gotta figure out what's wrong with it. He fixes it. But I guess in reality, the true story, they said he had all these birds in his cell, right? It was just covered in shit. Like he didn't clean it like like Burt Lancaster cleans it. We had like five hundred birds in the cell. Yeah. Well, yeah. What do you think? It must have smelled horrible, and he probably got off on it. Fucking the stench. Like this is pure evil. He's probably jerking off with all this bird shit. But it's Weirdo. like it makes you wonder. Did he only fix the bird the the weird you know bird aids they had? Because he was like, "Oh shit, this might go to me. I better fix this because I'm I'm in their droppings all day long. Like I gotta uh, fix maybe. that." Maybe it yeah, makes you wonder. Likely. Like that could have yeah. been a reason behind it. Sure, and he probably made some money off of it too. Well, I mean, he didn't. He made money, but I don't think um, uh, uh, the the prison uh, took the money. Basically, reclaimed the money because you're not supposed to make money in prison. Well, that's a big so, part of this movie. That's some of my favorite stuff in yeah. the movie, actually. Yeah, with Malden comes in. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he raises, the, he gets the bird back to health, and then suddenly he's, like, you see, like, his collection growing. Like, he asks the guard for a bottle. He grabs the bottle. He's like, let me have this. And he's like, yeah. Because he was, when he's in Leavenworth, there's just one guard outside his thing all day long. Yeah. And he grabs a bottle, and he comes out, and he's like, hey, give me that box you're sitting on. He's like, basically, the guard comes over and goes, why don't you go fuck yourself? Like, yeah. every day I sit outside here, not, not so much as a howdy-do not no thank oh. you no please nothing what are you doing i, I left it i wrote down what uh <laughs> i wrote down one of the the isms of of of, of, of um oh god the bird man because i thought it was hilarious Bert lancaster yeah one of his uh oh shit where did it go okay, basically at this point he's still a huge dick and he's like never ever have you shown me like a common courtesy and treat me like a human being and Burt Lancaster does this thing, which I, I'm i not a huge Burt Lancaster fan. I think he's kind of a boring actor most of the time. I'm getting, The more I see him, the more I like him. Yeah. So I, 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 he's great I, in he this. He was great in this, yeah. And Seven Days of May is great. But he, yeah, goes, was... he goes into his cell. He's like, he realizes he's right. And he sits there and he, he covers up like half. He kind of peeks out from the corner of his cell. And he's like, I just want to say um, you're, 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 you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. And he's like a little kid. It reminds me of like yeah. when a little kid gets shamed about their behavior and they kind of like hide themselves. Yeah. Because he's supposed to be like a 30-year-old child at this point. Yeah. Because he's been in prison for like 20-something years at this point. Since he was 10? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, yeah, he, uh, he finally gets the box later. And then he, you know, his bird collection grows from there. His neighbor, Telly Savalas, uh, his birds start to get sick, and then so does uh, Burton Lancaster's, and they start dying off. And uh, Telly Savalas gives him a bird to heal and for a year. I love the fact that they treat years like nothing. He's like, you can have my bird for a year, only a year. And I'm like, yeah. that's a long fucking... And I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's not. Not for them. <laughs> time moves slow. Prison time is slow time. 
Yeah, and he basically it's just him trying these different mixtures of of chemicals on these birds. Yeah, and I feel like we don't really need to go into detail anymore. Well, no, because pretty yeah, the rest of it is that. Yeah, is him taking care of his birds. He meets a woman. He he tells, yeah, he 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 does these contests and he wins these contests through like bird watching shit and. He's getting his works published, and people are starting to discover this guy knows what he's talking about. Blah blah blah. And there's a scene down the further down the movie where I guess the the warden and some other guy I don't know if he's like a senator or a congressman. He's saying this guy or a doctor. He says, "What if we put him in a lab where he does actual work on human disease? Yeah. He could probably revolutionize what we think about human disease if he can do this from a cell for a bird." And they start talking about that, but oh, he can't do that because uh, he'll rape children. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much why they kept him in prison because he was more likely going to rape and murder children. There's this was a, there's a lot the... going on behind the scenes of this movie. Yeah, because Burt Lancaster met him. This movie came out in 1962. He died. the The Birdman died in 1963. He never yes. got to see this movie because he died in prison, but. Burt Lancaster was trying to get him out. And then Burt Lancaster also said later, before, just before the Birdman died, he would have molested children if he got out. Maybe it wasn't a good idea. So yeah. a lot of back and forth going on. And you, it's kind of hard to tell which is real, which is you know the real story. I'm sure it's complicated because he's if he's a real psychopath, he's probably pretty persuasive in person. Probably makes you like, oh, he's, he should let this guy out. He's a really nice guy. But that's part of being a psychopath is you're tricking people. You don't give a shit about reality. You just want to bend things to your will so you can get what you want. Um, yeah, at one point he gets, he meets, you can't even see what the fuck this background is on this. <laughs> let me change it. Uh, no, no. Here's Frankenheimer. All right. So at one point he does, there's a whole thing where a girl comes to interview him for a magazine or something like that. And it's a woman and he falls in love with her. They get married. He basically has a business in prison where he's making medicine for bird aids or whatever the fuck it is. And his mom is also trying to help him get out and she's running all the appeals. She gets really jealous at some point and she... Makes him gives him an ultimatum like you need to leave that woman. She doesn't give a shit about you. I'm the only woman in your life, and he's basically like, "Mom, why don't you go fuck off?" And that's a great scene when he burns her picture. Yeah, and she immediately goes. Awesome. She yeah. immediately goes and talks to a reporter and goes, "I'm not recommending he gets parole." Yeah, and so therefore he's stuck in prison. But in the movie, you're supposed to be like, "Oh, she betrayed him," but in reality, you're kind of like. Oh, good for her. She realized what a piece of shit her son is. Well, I think she always knew that. It was just she was a weirdo. Her, his mom was probably a psychopath in her own way. And I guess his father was abusive, which is why he – because he's from Seattle. And he went to – ran away to Alaska. And that's why yeah. he was a pimp in Alaska. So he came from – I think they were a wealthy family. He went away to Alaska. But he became a pimp in Alaska. He was a pimp in Alaska yeah. for a long time. And he probably had a lot of fun raping women in Alaska during that period of time. Because they're, they're saying this guy was a notorious criminal. They don't know how many people he killed outside of prison. Now, this guy was a bad, bad he man. He was a pimp in Alaska. Do you know how many people, people you could kill back in the 30s in Alaska? Absolutely. Nobody's fucking looking. There's no DNA evidence. There's no fingerprinting. There's nothing. Yeah. I think about that in the Old West. But even more so in Alaska. Holy shit, nobody gives a shit. So yeah, 19, 19, what, 1920s Alaska? Yeah, 1920s, 19, early 1930s. 1915, yeah, 19, yeah, the fucking teens. Oh, yeah, That's he was crazy. that back then. Yeah, he got in the yeah, prison in 19, right? Well, yeah, because his mother went for appeal at Wilson 1920? Something like that. Something like that. So, yeah, so let's just say 1915 Alaska. Holy shit. I mean, there's not a whole lot of people, but you can make some people disappear. You don't even have to hide the bodies. Throw them out there. Some animal will get it. Hey there, Bobby Strode. What's going on? This is Alaska before the oil companies. So animals are just roaming around. Throw it out there. Some wolves will get it. Yeah. Holy shit. Feed it to the Inuits. Who knows how many people he killed? Honestly. 
Yeah, like they they said he's a bad man. So they they said, "Hey, that's why." And I guess later they said, um, they asked about. They talked to um, Burt Lancaster years later, and he said, "How come whatever happened with that? Why didn't they let him out?" He goes, "Well, the reason they didn't let him out is because they thought he would abuse children." So it's like, okay, well, I guess he's not a good guy after all, because there's a there's a anecdote. I guess somebody talks about like the true story of Birdman. Where like he got fan mail from kids, oh, because God. I... yeah, he got fan mail from kids because they saw him, you know, Burt Lancaster, sympathetic character. Can I pause I guess... you right here? What? This is where we cross the line of it's fun to joke about kids and him fucking kids, but when we cross into reality right now, I get real uncomfortable. Well, he's a freak show. Yeah, he's a bad but guy. This is when it's it's real. No. Like this yeah. is how you no. know we're not f- like when we talk about racism and like kids and stuff. Yeah. We're fucking around, but right now, like. Yeah. Getting letters from kids, holy shit! He's a Come fucking on. freak show. Okay, but sorry. I don't think yeah. it's not like they let him answer the letters because like he would write answer replies, but the prison system would read them, of course. And He's drawing dick like, pics. Oh, we're not, we're <laughs> not letting these fucking get out. Are you crazy? Like he's a fucking psychopath. He talked about he killed the kid or ate him or is like it's a weird motherfucker. And I guess that was the truth. Like that was his replies, and like people were like. Wait a minute. I guess he ain't Burt Lancaster after all. Well, this is where I would say, this is where John Frankenheimer should have shown some more restraint. Well, I mean... I, I get the fact that you have to make a movie with a sympathetic character. I understand that. But the problem is, in the beginning, when he's a huge asshole, he is a huge asshole in the first 20 to 30 minutes of this movie. He's just a dick to everybody. Until he apologizes, in which case he completely changes personalities. But you could still have him be a psychopath and, and have the conversations about him like we talked about with the guy talking to the warden being like, maybe not let him out. Maybe yeah. let him be in prison here in a facility with a science lab. How about that? Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, you change the conversation that way, t- guided toward your new path of where your character is going, where he's not this fucking holy man who's now in prison against his will for something he didn't do but he clearly killed people so yeah and they ignore the fact that he killed two other people after that guard yeah they don't acknowledge that and also he didn't throw the guns out after the alcatraz riot he didn't do that at all no none of that's true and who who was the guy in charge of the of the um the riot uncle leo from seinfeld Uncle Leo. That was the guy that Uncle Leo was was Bud. He was the guy that started the Alcatraz riots of nineteen forty six. Oh yeah, uncredited by the way. Uncredited. This movie, this movie has like a like a three minute intro with credits, no out, no uh, end credits. I mean, it ends two hours twenty eight minutes to the second. There's no. Like, out- yeah, the the last second is the end, and he gets in the car and drives away. Like it, we'll get there. It is a long movie. It is a two and a half hour movie, and it ends with no closing credits. It just no. shows distributed by. That's the only logo you see, and it goes away. And then part of it is because it has a five minute intro with all the yeah. credits, so they got out of the way early. I like intro credits instead of. Ending credits. I want to end on the minute and be done. But the problem is, all these you know, like Marvel movies are like fifty-five thousand Asian well, Indian the Marvel, names. And... They invented the, 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 the well, they invented, but they put the teaser at the end, the little stinger, and that's why we stayed. But fuck, they have five thousand visual effects artists on all those movies. Well, I loved so at the end of the end of a uh, uh, end game mm. when it ended. I was like. Here's the credits. I'm like, they're not going to have a closing credits, are they? Because it's the last one. It's the last one of the of that fi- you know that whole collection of stories. Right. And I'm like, they're not going to have it. And everyone sat in their seats, just like waiting. I'm like, they're not. I know, do yeah, it. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and they yeah. didn't do it. And I'm like, I fucking knew it. But I also, I hate to leave early. You know, yeah. <laughs> but it's like 15 minutes of credits. And this one especially because they not only did they have the credit ending credits, they have the scene where everybody autographs their character's visage. And it's like that's twenty minutes, just that. In Birdman? So, no, no, I know. Yeah, Birdman. <laughs> Telly Savalas. <laughs> Bert Lancaster. Carl Molden. <laughs> Writes his name. I want to. 
can we talk about Carl Molden for a second? Sure. The man does not get his credit. He's never on that list of, of actors you, people talk about when they talk about actors of this era. He's never on that list. Uh, I think he's mentioned. I don't think he's poo-pooed. He, no. he's, uh... People, when they talk about 60s movies, they don't talk about Carl Molden. They talk about, you know, Burton Lancaster comes up. But they talk about the leading men, and I, I'm way, I've always been way more interested in the, the character actors of the day. Yeah. The people who are there, and they change whether you love a movie or not. Like, that's, the, when, you watch, when you think of a movie that you love, it's because the cast outside of the main character is great. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, here's a stupid example. I, th- I brought up the movie Airheads earlier. Outside of the band, you have, like, fucking Judd, Judd Nelson. Um, you have uh, uh, what the f- Ernie Hudson. You have stuff like mm-hmm. that. You have, like, a ton of fucking people on the outside of that. And it's just all these characters. And that's part of the reason why I love that movie so much, because everyone has their moment. And Carl Malden in this kind of steals a lot of his scenes. And I feel like if you talked about it with people like film critics they wouldn't even acknowledge him really oh i think they would i i think a lot of film like film historian people like that would love him because he's in some of the biggest movies ever made he's part of he's uh he's worked with brando he's Patton. he's in Patton. he's i think he got nominated he won the oscar for supporting actor in Patton. i think on the I mean, waterfront let's see carl mold street came around desire Patton. yeah streetcar He's in a ton of great stuff. And, and he, li- he lived to be 97 years old. Goddamn right. He, he's in one of my other favorite uh, Frankenheimer movies, which I hopefully we get to soon. It's called All Fall Down. Mm. And you're going to watch that and you're going to go, why do you love this movie so much? It's because of character actors like this. It's, yeah. it's, it's just talking scenes. That's all it is. It's the same year this came out, actually, <laughs> as Bourbon yeah. and Alcatraz. He's in How the West Was Won. Um, ton of great stuff, and, and I just wish he was talked about more. I feel like well, he and he's also in uh, the Streets of San Francisco, yeah, which was a really good show, and he good was show. on that with Michael Douglas, and that that made him a bunch of money probably in the in the seventies because that's back when you could make movies like that, shows like or that, make yeah. money like that, yeah, on shows like that. But it makes you. I just want to call a shout out because I've never heard anyone. You know, okay. Well, let me let me retract my statement a little bit. When I say film critics don't like Carl Mullen, I guess I shouldn't say that. I should say the general public don't recognize well, yeah. him at well, all. Ge- yeah, the general audience ain't going to know shit on but, character actors. But they should, is, is my yeah. point. They should know who this guy is. They should know how much he adds to stuff. And Edmund O'Brien's in this as well. It's got yeah. a really great... Thelma Ritter was nominated for her like fifth Academy Award for this movie, and she lost them all. Yeah, like, it's crazy. But but Adam loves uh, Edward O'Brien because he's in a he's in a Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. I love him because he's in one of my favorite movies, which is comparable to this movie, White Heat. Oh yeah, White Heat's good. White Heat's in my top twenty-five movies. But it, it's also dealing with a with a gangster and his mom and their weird issues there. That's where you get that that quotable line: "The top of the world, ma." At yeah. the end, when he's on the, the tower. And it's similar to this, where he's like obsessed with his mom for some fucking reason. And I feel like they base that off the, uh, off White Heat. Because it was supposed to be his brother, remember? Yeah. So it makes you wonder if that's what they took that from. But he's also Edward O'Brien's in Seven Days of May. We talked about him previously. Yep. But yeah, it's... The rest of the movie, honestly, is him getting his birds taken away. And then... Yeah. Uh, well, the whole, the whole idea is it's, it's a treaty, it's a it's a discussion on how prison you become worse. The prison system isn't good. It's it's an awful place. Blah blah blah. And oh, now it's a oh. fucking joke. Yeah, my favorite scene in the movie is when before they take his birds away, uh, they come in and they try to. They say, "Here's the rules of the new." I forget what it's called. Federal something, something, something. Um, you're not allowed to have any pets. You're not allowed to have a, an enterprise that makes you money. So they try to take his birds away. They're about to. He brings in, he, he's, his mom starts this campaign. His, his mom and his wife start this campaign to get the public aware. So he's like, people don't know I'm the guy who's carrying bird aids. Let them know they're about to take my fucking birds away. I'm in prison and I'm trying to do this. And there's a huge bird community apparently back in the... 
back in the Barely. 40s. And uh, so they eventually they get so much letter, so many letters and so much nonsense and, and threats. So that they bring in Carl Malden, who's no longer the, the warden of Leavenworth. He's instead kind of like between jobs. They bring him as and as like a mediator of like we're gonna go talk to this guy. Here's our here's our offer from the federal blah blah blah. You can have your have your birds. You're gonna make you make money, but it's all going to the prison. You share a split of the profits, which is ten dollars a month. That's it. You get to keep your birds though. And this is the scene I love because it's him describing the Carl Malden how he's an asshole and how he you need to treat people with respect. You strip away individuality. That's the worst thing you can do to a prisoner. And it's all this stuff that's still relevant to today, but it's all all in that one little scene. And that's well, when he finds out he's writing his book about the history of prison. Yeah, but I love that. And then, uh, yeah, later they uh, Carl Malden in that scene goes, uh, "I'm not actually going back to DC. I'm going to San Francisco because I'm going to be the head of a warden of a new prison called Alcatraz." They set that up. He's not going. Our main character's not going there yet, but he does later, and they. He loses all his birds, and suddenly we're left with the movie without birds. And then he meets Telly Savalas. He's there again. Yeah, so I like that scene, him, too. Let's give him extra, extra turkey meat. And then he goes... Extra beef. He goes, what's taking so long here? The guard. And he's like, he's just asking yeah. for me more meat. We treat everyone the same here. And he goes away. Hey, baby! <laughs> yeah. Would you like a lollipop, baby? My only complaint about length is that scene goes on way too long. Yeah. When he talks to Telly Savalas there, it goes on. Like, he goes to leave and comes back, like, twice. Yeah, I'm like, go away, yeah. Telly. I, I, I'm glad you're here, but... You got your nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Let yeah. me act now. Go away. The scene is over. Come on. Burt Lancaster. <laughs> here I am. Yeah, then his mom shows up and makes him do the ultimatum, and he tells his mom to go fuck herself because he wants to keep his wife around. Eventually, his for wife shows up in San Francisco. He tells her to fuck off because yeah. she lives out in Kansas, so... Great scene, great scene. Yeah, and that's uh, not that I want to skim through it. We just talked about it earlier, so yeah. No, it's it, like I said, it's a good movie. I'm glad I finally watched it because I always wanted to see it. I just never, I just never got around to watching it. It's not. It's like yeah. it's not one of those movies where you're gonna be like, I'm gonna go home and watch Birdman <laughs> or Alcatraz today. No, it's definitely it's got to be one of those. Oh, here it is. Ah, yeah. fuck it. I got two and a half hours. Yeah. Well, it, it is a commitment. It's a long movie. That's why I watched Tenet finally. Oh, you watched Tenet? I just finished it last night. That wasn't that long. How long's Tenet? Tenet's about two hours. Two and a half hours. Ten minutes. Is it two and a half hours? Which I figured out the ending before the movie, because as soon as she jumps away, as soon as she had that scene, because this is what Nolan does. He always ruins the ending of his movies. Yep. And he sets it up way early, like with Dark Knight Rises, when fucking, as soon as Michael Caine goes, oh, have this dream. Well, <laughs> I am sitting in a cafe, and I ordered myself a Fernie Bronca. And you're there, sitting down. I don't say anything. You don't say anything. But I know that she made it. And made I'm like, it. Oh, that, that's going to be the end of the movie. And I was like, ah, oh, damn it. I wanted him to die. Yeah. And he does the same thing in Tenet, where she goes, I saw one of his lovers jump off Dive the boat off. that day. And I was like, oh, no, it's her. She jumped off the boat. That's what she said. Well, up. the second the main character showed up and would fight someone, I go, that's him. Yeah. That, that's got to yeah. be him. Yeah, but so we just sit there and wait, and I'm like, this is a spectacle movie. It reminded me of Gravity. Where I'm like, this is a great looking movie. It's and, and it makes you think about like how they film this. I want to watch documentaries yeah. about how they filmed it more than I want to watch this movie. Yeah, same with Gravity. Where I'm like, this is a spectacle. The story doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, Gravity. I saw it once, never see it again. I didn't. I didn't care for Gravity. I wasn't. A big I love fan it. Of it. I was uh, like, it's fine. Visually, great, amazing. Yeah, but story wise, yeah. there's fucking nothing. She, no, it's just it's yeah, yeah. It, but it's not trying to be a massive story. They just throw a dead kid in there for no fucking reason. Well, that's yeah, that's I mean, all. I'm like, have, don't even bother. Trauma. The girl's got to survive. That's all I need. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I I like Tenet. I thought it was good. I saw it in the theater. That's yeah. the, the when the, when the theaters opened like for two weeks. <laughs> I went and saw it in the theater, and then they closed them down right away after that. I got to see two movies in the theater for for a minute. It was. The 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back and Tenet. 
That was the two movies. Ooh, Empire. I haven't seen that in the theater since what they released them in '97, right? Well, awesome. what sucked was the the sound was like mono stereo. It was terrible. Why? So it was like the stereo. It was like the sound was not surround. It was two speakers up front. That's where all the sound. Came. It was terrible. It was like they couldn't even try to make this like sound. Give me surround sound with this. If they played so, the Blu-ray, it would have played better. Well, that's what I mean. It was so disappointing. I was just like, this sucks. I was just like, oh, I want it to be louder. This is not loud. Wow. But whatever. I was very disappointed. I mean, it was fine. You know, I've seen the movie a million times. But. Well, it'd be funny if it'd be not funny, but it'd be fun if they played the original cut of the movie. No, I ain't fucking happening. Well, the, I would accept the the bad audio then. They'd be like, oh, here it is. It's the original. No, the, no, you have all this. Uh, yeah, they have the own sound system. So it's like, why don't you guys really do a good mix and put it out and have a, like, a really good fucking surround sound? Wow. But they just didn't do it. I don't know why. I don't know if it was just a last-minute thing because they just dumped it in theaters. Well, it's why it was a last-minute thing. They dumped it in theaters because no theaters were open. It was COVID. So everything was closed anyway, and they just kind of snuck this in because I was at I was watching Tenet, and they was like, oh, Empire's coming out like in two weeks. What? And I went and got my ticket. It was five bucks yeah. for Empire to pay for that. Yeah, I saw Memento the same way. It was five yeah. bucks and like because yeah. re-release and I'm like yeah fuck yeah I got to see my one of my favorite movies in the theater hell yeah yeah but speaking, I'm glad that, I'm Nolan. glad theaters are back I love going to the theater it's great but Tenet made me go this movie's unnecessary because we already have Inception yeah it's the same fucking thing yeah yeah but he just takes an idea and makes it a James Bond movie here's my story about the last two days because last night I'm watching the movie and I'm going. And, and you know where I'm going to go with this. Don't, don't say anything. I'm sitting here. I'm watching. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this main actor, main actor is. I'm watching him. I'm like, God, he sounds just like Denzel. He sounds yeah. just fucking like him. This is so ridiculous. And I'm like watching and we watch the movie and it ends. And, you know, today I'm looking it up. I'm looking at all the trivia and I'm like. But last night I was describing I'm like, God, this guy, what's his name? John David Washington. Okay. He sounds just like Denzel. It's crazy. Yeah. Today I'm looking at him like. So, oh, someone worked with his father, Denzel Washington. I'm like, John David Washington, motherfucker. Come <laughs> on. How did I pick up on that? Exactly. <laughs> uh, the middle name a, threw me off. Well, the, the, what, he's a football player. He used to be yeah. a football player. But if his he name was, was John Washington, I go, that's Denzel's son. But it was John David Washington. And they get lost. <laughs> did you see Black Klansman? No, no. He's in that. He's awesome. That's yeah. where I first saw him. I'm like, this guy's great. I guess he's in Ballers. The Rock Show, where he yeah. plays a football player. I never saw it, but he's good. I like him a lot. He's great. Yeah, I think he was good. He's just as good as his dad. But I like he sounds like Don Cheeto when he talks in long sentences. But if he says yeah. something three or four words, Denzel. It's crazy. I'm the protagonist. <laughs> yeah. But if he says long sentences, it's just John, Don Cheadle. I'm like, this is insane. He sounds just like those two guys. It's funny. Alcatraz. It's called... Bird Island. You know what the natives called Alcatraz? Yeah. Bird Island. And he gets that scene in the movie. That's the last shot of the movie. Yeah, he get he doesn't get out of prison, but he gets out of Alcatraz after a while. Oh, there, there's gets, the there's the yeah. The only thing we got to talk about other than that is the the riot. Two prison yeah. two prisoners start a riot, and it's just like they have two guns and like seventy one bullets. I think it was between them. And they kill a prison guard, and then they're shooting out the window. And eventually they get shot through the walls by because uh, Carl fucking Malden calls in a military strike. <laughs> they all get killed. And then um, Burt Lancaster's like, here's the weapons, talking to the thing. And he's like, I don't, there's nothing else here. They're both dead. And Carl Malden's like, well, I've known that he's been a third of my side for 35 years, but he's never lied to me. And then it just breezes past that scene. And then he's getting out on Alcatraz off, off on the mainland, and he's going to some Car- other prison. Because Carl Malden's character is dead. They just basically say off screen he died in 1953. So he's yeah. dead. He's been dead for like 10 years or five years, and he's being yeah. transferred to a medical facility to be in prison. And he talks to this one character who we've never met, who they mentioned once, I think, who helped get him out. And I'm like, this doesn't fucking matter. The- but he was the writer of the book. Yeah, but there's like a big scene with him, and he's like, and that, that's another character actor too, the guy that plays that guy. And he hugs him, 
and he, or gives him a handshake and he leaves. And it's like he's he tried for parole every year. He does not not been successful. Yeah. But I wish it was another addendum on that. Like died a year later. <laughs> like still a piece well, of shit. The reason why we don't know, uh, everyone's kind of forgot about him was he died the day before JFK was shot. Whoops! <laughs> yeah. It was a conspiracy to destroy the Birdman's memory. <laughs> what a what a bad day to die. Bad timing, Birdman. Day to die hard. Oh man! Yeah, if you're gonna die, do it not around something famous. Come on, dummy! God, what a <laughs> fucking idiot! What? Dumb fuck! <laughs> dumb fucking idiot! Fucking dumb <sighs> wolf! You cunt! Dumb fucking psychopathic multi-murdering <laughs> scumbag. Okay, overall, I really enjoy this movie. Um, it's very good, yeah. As much as it sounds like I'm just skimming through it and, and fucking around, it, it is it is a bit of a slog. I won't disagree on that. It is long. It, it needs to cut out 20 to 25 minutes. Uh, with that being said, I do give it an 8 because I really do enjoy it. I, I I was giving a nine before, but I feel like I'm being overly generous, so I, I backed about up to an eight. Mm. What, what's your rating out of ten? Uh, eight. Yeah, uh, eight. Saw it's a solid movie. It's very good. I enjoyed it. It's, it's I'm glad I finally saw it. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's a solid. It's a good movie. It's well made. It's well acted. It, it's great. It's a great movie. I do have some bad news. Could be bad news. Oh. Oh my god. The next episode, the next movie review on this podcast slash live show on John Freaking Hammer Review will be episode seven. Ninety nine and forty four out of a hundred percent dead. How is that a movie title? <laughs> there it is. I have a DVD, but it's like a half thing. Yeah. I've never seen it. So there's the title. Wow. Yeah. 99 and 44 per- out of 100% dead. <laughs> it's wow. it's a comedy. So hey. it says uh, in a future where laws are laws of reality have been suspended, Harry Crown, Richard Harris, is a hitman who's been hired by mafia don Uncle Frank Edmund O'Brien again. Oh, Jesus. More of him. Wow. He turns out he's a Frankenheimer guy. Um, to eliminate Big Eddie, Bradford Dillman, a rival gangster who has been moving in on his turf, Big Eddie encounter or Big Eddie counters with his own enforcement, Marvin Claw Zuckerman, Chuck Connors, and as the rival killers attempt to destroy each other, some wild high speed chases ensue. Directed by John Frankhammer, the Maturi Cadence in seconds. <laughs> wow. Rated PG. Oh Jesus, that means there's gonna be tits and gore in it. Nineteen seventy four. Yeah, 1974 PG means there's vag. There's probably an ass shot. Hopefully. Uh, but it's Richard Harris's ass. I've never seen it, so we're all going to be on the same page for this movie. I'm excited. I have, I, I, that's not bad. I don't know anything about it other than that. That was my first time I, reading that, to be honest. I don't know. I like I like Richard Harris. So I tried to buy this on DVD, and the only version I could find was the split one with, with the Nickel Rider, or the Nickel Ride with Jason Miller. Which, wow, Jason Miller? Yeah. Oh my god. That's directed like by Robert movie. Mulligan. Wow, that's the only other movie Jason Miller was in. Yeah, it's just The Exorcist and this. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, and, and Rudy. Um, but the, the episode after that we're going to talk about with John Frankenheimer, I did pick that one as well, is going to be, it's an episode of Playhouse 90 called The Comedian from 1957, written by Rod Serling. So, All right. We'll have that. It's a short one. Fuck it. Right? Can you imagine if, if it's the original, uh, it's that concept for Joker? The what? The comedian. Oh, gotcha. It, it's it's going to be Rod Serling's The Joker. Oh, God. That'd be amazing. Imagine that. We watch oh, wow. it. I'm like, that's just a fucking joke. Like, it's just very straightforward because it's Joker. Joaquin Phoenix. Holy shit. He even has a black neighbor. It's his cult dad. Holy shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a poor man. Thomas Wayne. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yeah, we'll be back for those two episodes. Um, I, I did see today, last thing I want to say, that only two of Frankenheimer's movies have been accepted into the Con- uh, National Library of Congress. 
And those well, are Manchurian Candidate and Seconds, two of my favorite Seconds, movies. Seconds, really? Wow. Seconds is my, one of my favorite movies, but it's visually, because it's there because of that visual aspect. It is visually fucking awesome. It's yeah. very unique. That's why I love the movie so much. I like well, it more than Manchurian Candidate. So. That's a big achievement for a director, especially like Frankenheimer, to get two movies put in the National Registry. Well, keep in like, mind, Seconds has been behind me for a year now. Look. Yeah. No, but I'm just trying to think of That's other directors. Like other, other directors that aren't like big name directors like Scorsese or Spielberg or Lucas. That's what you I'm know, saying. Who, Why can't yeah. I talk to anybody about Frankenheimer? Nobody knows who the fuck he is. Because he made too many weird niche movies. He, he's no going to talk about Fifty Two Pickup. He he's a very very great director in the sixties. Yeah. Like I said, beyond that, I I make no claims for the man. After the sixties, before the sixties, I don't know. I don't want to. I'm not going to say he's amazing after that. But the sixties, he's fucking on point. Well, he's a craftsman. I think he just sees himself as a craftsman. Yeah. Journeyman director. You get hired for a job, you do it, and you move on, and that's it. He wasn't a guy that's going to sit and talk about the nuance of something. Yeah. He's going to say, put the camera here, here, here. We'll shoot it here. Cut together like this. It's done. But the 60s, he got really creative with it. He's like, we're going to do this. Even like Grand Prix. Or Grand Prix. I don't know why I say Prix. But Grand Prix, it's a a fucking movie about car car races. And he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna film the shit out of this, and he did such yeah. a fucking good job. And after that, in the seventies, just fell apart. Just stopped giving a shit, and it sucks. But whatever. What what's the seventies movies now? I'm trying to think. This one. Well, okay, fine. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, his seventies movies are as follows. Because the eighties, I know he did quite a few. He didn't do that many in the eighties, actually. Maybe he did a lot of TV. Um, okay, so 70s movies. Do, 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 do. Okay, here we go. Because in the 90s, he was doing cable movies. Uh, 70s, I Walk the Line, The Horseman, Iceman Cometh, which is good. French Connection 2 is fucking solid. Yeah. Black Sunday is fucking solid. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then he did Prophecy, his only horror movie, and it's fucking bad. And not Christopher Walken. No. Nope. Same year, though, I think. No. In <laughs> 79? Yeah, Christopher Walken probably was 1995. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Way later. Yeah, because um, Viggo Morrison's the devil. 82, The Challenge with Scott Glenn playing a ninja. I've seen that, finally. I have it in Blu-ray. Oh, I think I have seen that. It's not bad. It's not horrible, but it's not Yeah. It's not something I would say you need to watch. Uh, um, the Holcroft, Co- Holcroft Covenant with um, Michael Caine. Decent movie. 52 Pickup. Dead Bang with Don Johnson. That's all his 80s movies. He only did four. Mm. The 90s. Uh, the Fourth War, which is Roy Schneider and... Who was the other guy in that? Uh, was that a HBO movie? Who else is in that? Roy Scheider and... Oh, uh, Bergen Pranch. What's his name? Pranch. Oh, Jurgen Pranch. Jurgen Pranch. Yeah, they, that guy. He plays, Sutter Cage? He plays the, yeah, he plays the Russian. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, Year of the Gun with Andy McCarthy and uh, Sharon Stone. It's okay. Again, Not Way of uh, the Gun. Against the Wall with Kyle McLaughlin and Samuel Jackson. Uh, really? Interesting. The Burning Season, the Chico Mendes story with Raul Julia, which I've always wanted to watch and I never have, so hopefully we get it. George Wallace with Gary Sinise. Good movie. His 90s are so good, pretty good so far, right? And then Ronin is his last movie in the 90s. Fucking solid movie. 2000s. Reindeer Games. I have a 7-Up commercial for James uh, Bond. You're forgetting the 90s movie, Island of Dr. Moreau. Well, we already did it. That's why I'm not Yeah, I know, it. but you're not... Yeah, yeah. 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 I mentioned that, though. Uh, he did The Hire. This is a Clive Owen BMW. Do you remember yeah. I got that Blu-ray or that DVD yeah. when we were living in L.A.? <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Yeah. I just... I rewatched it the other day on YouTube. And then... The one with, with uh, uh, Gary Oldman as the devil. The last thing he did was Path to War in 2002, which is fucking great. It's a good movie, yeah. It's a good movie to go out on because he died after that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and the in the sixties are where it's at. Holy shit, we have so many good movies in the sixties to get through. Yeah. One of which I've never seen ever. 
two, two. And we got one movie in the 50s I've never seen. I have it on DVD, but not on video file. I don't know how we're going to do that. I might have to do it solo. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, let's get out of here, right? Sounds good. All right, until next... Oh, sorry, liwstudios.com. Check out the, the different shows on there. Loitering in Wonderland on YouTube. You can check out this show. Every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, we do Twilight Zone episodes. Every Wednesday, same time, we do either or an anthology show and then either a John Carpenter, John Frankenheimer, or Nick Cage movie. Next week is Nick Cage cast The Weatherman from 2005. And then we're going to John Carpenter. Yeah. No, that's not bad. It's not bad. But yeah, check those out. That's it for me. Plugs? Ah, uh, nothing right now. I'll do it later. All right. Um, until next time, in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. Dick Dickhead. So long, citizen. So long, John Frankenheimer, you dead fuck. I could be a friend to you. I could be a friend to you, Frankenheimer. Anybody get to you yet? You and your wife in Twilight Zone. <laughs> 100 Yards Over the Rim. She's in that episode. Check her out. Yeah, there you go. She works at the the, the, the pharmacy slash gas station, wherever the hell they are. Oh, right, because he gets his, his ice cream there or whatever. He goes inside, and that's her. And then in the, in the William Shatner movie, he, tur- he the girl that worked in the soda shack is a 16-year-old girl, and he bangs her. And What? Remember the William Shatner movie where he's a bigot? Oh, the intruder. The intruder, yeah. You know what's funny is... Silverstein, a Jew. You know what's weird is two of my early, like, favorites... I mean, Twilight Zone was, like, ten years earlier than Frankenheimer, but I fell in love with both these things. Had no idea they were so connected. Yeah, right. Because he directed a bunch of Playhouse 90 episodes directed, written by Serling and did a movie with him and yeah. had no idea until, I don't know, Five six years when I started this podcast, Twilight Zone podcast. That's when I found out. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's great. I had no idea. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>